Welcome to The Greg Bennett Show. I'm your host, Greg Bennett, and this was an absolutely delightful conversation with Imogen Simmons. Imogen is a rising star in the sport of triathlon. She's a latecomer to the, to the world of triathlon, not starting until her early 20s, but it's been a very rapid rise towards the top of the world, now ranked in the top nine in the world rankings uh, and has podiums at uh, multiple uh, 70.3 Ironman world championships. But this was a really fantastic conversation and just listening to how Imogen has taken control of her career and her life and the decisions she's making um, to get the most out of herself, both physically, um, but also as a, as a business and treating this as a business um, and, and optimizing everything she can around the sport. And, I am just truly excited for 2024. I think it's going to be a big year. I think we're going to get very familiar with that name, Imogen Simmons. Um, and I think going forward, I think we're going to see a lot more success. Uh, I'm a big fan and I've been excited to have her on the show because I've been just watching from afar her progression. If you're enjoying the show, I'd love you to share it, get it out there uh, to family and friends. Um, and also if you get a chance, I'd love a you know, a review or a ranking on, on Apple podcasts. Um, I know that takes a little time out of your day, but it does mean the world to me. If you can do those two things, um, be really fantastic, but listen, I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. And remember success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. All right. Today's guest is a remarkable talent in the world of triathlon with an incredible resilience, perseverance, and tenacity. From her early days in Hong Kong to Switzerland to academic excellence at the Imperial College London, her journey is just a collection of experiences. She's a latecomer to the sport, but she's rapidly ascended to the pinnacle of long-distance triathlon, amassing an impressive collection of wins and podium finishes, including two podiums at the 70.3 Ironman World Championships, one in Nice, France in 2019, and again in Lati, Finland last year. Her consistency at every race she starts is truly amazing. And in 2023, she finished ranked ninth on the PTO World Rankings, her first time into the top 10. And I'm confident we're going to see a push into the top five in the very near future. So without further ado, welcome to The Greg Bennett Show. Imogen Simmons, how are you? Oh, hi there. Uh, I'm a bit uh, overwhelmed by that introduction to <laughs> I didn't. I didn't expect you to delve into my academic records as well, but there we are. <laughs> it's hard not to. It's uh, it's impressive. You've you've been busy. I mean, it's you know. Do you look back? You hear that and go, "Huh, I have been doing something pretty amazing with my life." Maybe. I don't know. I guess you kind of just take it for what it is. Um, yeah. I guess it's kind of crazy to think that 10 years ago I was studying and that like I didn't even do triathlon 10 years ago. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, everyone has their own journey and yeah, I'm pretty proud of mine, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to this um, episode where I want to kind of dive into your, your past um, and where you are right now and every, all your events that you've been doing. Um, but before we get started... Whereabouts are you actually calling? So I am calling in today from Spain in Girona. So I'm here training for uh, kind of a bit the winter, escaping mm. the cold of Switzerland, which is where I call home. Mm. And yeah, just it's kind of 
easier here. I mean, it was 20 degrees today here and definitely not 20 degrees today in Geneva. <laughs> so <laughs> appreciating that and kind of just appreciating having a setup here with, you know, other elite athletes around and it just kind of mm. facilitates the whole process. Nice. Well, what'd you get up to today then? Are you trained today? Yeah. So this morning I swam, I actually swam this morning with two short course athletes. So um, Swedish girl, Emma Varga and mm-hmm. an Austrian Sarah Villick. And we did a four and a half K threshold swim set. And then I came home and I had a really constructive nap. And then I went on a two and a half hour bike ride, just kind of steady, well, three hour bike ride. Um, yeah, nothing crazy there, to be honest, just one of those days that gets you ticking over. Isn't it awesome? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm now almost eight years removed from my own career and the idea of swimming four and a half K just on its own just feels, it's like, so my point is in bringing this up is you do this kind of work so much, so consistently that it, it actually doesn't feel like that much work. Um, but for the layman now who's sitting on the sideline, which is me, it's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Just go for a three hour bike ride and a four and a half K swim. And that's kind of just, a, just tap always, it along there. You know what I mean? I always think it's like, it, when you when I come back from a bit of time off or something, getting back into it, it's like oh, you really oh. have to coax yourself through <laughs> yeah. to get two and a half k, and then you're like, okay, tomorrow I'll try three k. Yeah. Next week maybe yes. I'll try and touch four k in one swim, and then it yeah. and then after two k, you're like not even th- after two weeks, you're not even thinking about it. You're just like this straight into a, a four and a half k swim most days, and you don't think too much about it. I, I remember we would start back exactly like you and and I mean we'd start with our long run, which would be just 16K, 10 miles, right, <laughs> in week one, and it was groveling. You'd be groveling home going, oh, how am I ever going to get to 20-mile runs or whatever, you know, 32K? And it's, it's, it's amazing, though, how the body adapts. It has a pretty good memory and things come back to you. Are yeah. you coming off the break or – uh, no. no, I took like um, basically the entirety of November off. Um, okay. And then like eased back into it pretty gently in December, to be honest. Um, yeah. I don't even know if it's the body or if it's like the the mind because often it's just my head's like, oh, I can't cycle for more than two hours. And then when you go on your own, it's like the most arduous thing. But if you go with other people, it two hours is gone and you, you haven't even thought twice about it again. Yeah. So, have you have you got yeah. some training partners with you then? I mean, in the swim, you said, but on the bike and running, have you got – Jerome yeah, seems to be a few there, yeah. Yeah, they're like – there's a group uh, that I've started joining just to have a bit of a push on the run because I'm aware that I need to definitely get out of my comfort zone there. And then, mm. um, yeah, cycling, just some friends who – dip in and out but I'm I sometimes like for the hard stuff I kind of enjoy doing that on my own anyways yeah yeah do you find um when you do the hard stuff you I find I always found I was too competitive when I had to do my hard stuff I didn't want to have to race and 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 use sort of one of my use one of my races up in training so I often did my hard stuff on my own just so I could yeah I find it like I used to, when I was a younger athlete, I used to definitely compete a lot more in training. Mm. Um, And I guess that was very useful at the time. And it definitely allowed me to, you know, grow and get stronger quickly. I think it maybe also led to illness and 
injury a lot faster. And I think <laughs> now <laughs> I'm more aware of that. And I'm definitely more aware of like my body's limits. And as you say, it's like, you only have so many, I feel like I only have so many tickets that like I mm-hmm. want to use up competing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like this morning's threshold set, it was, you know, we kind of knew exactly what we were doing and it was, it was like a constructive it wasn't competition. It was like constructive pulling each other along as opposed to trying nice. to destroy the other. And mm. I guess that also depends on the people I think you're training with as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think everyone benefits from different places, like in different ways. I know there are, there are several like short course groups here and they all seem to enjoy training together and pushing each other in that way. So I think some things work for some people and yeah you can also go in phases like each individual athlete will go through a phase where they need that group environment and then they'll go through a phase where they're probably happier maybe in more of a setup Mm. like me dipping in and out and kind of yeah I got a coach who's pretty aware of my numbers so I have a pretty clear plan and it all makes sense to me so it seems to be working who is coaching you who is your coach so my coach is a Swiss coach called Reto Brendley Mm-hmm. Um, based out of Zurich, uh, and yeah, he's been coaching me since the end of 2020. So mm-hmm. he kind of picked me up in the middle of a lot of health issues and has kind of seen me through that. Oh, fantastic! Well, he's doing a great job. But listen, 2023—that was a pretty impressive year. Um, you you raced quite a few halves or that kind of half distance and with a lot of challenge races, 70.3s, um, PTO uh, opens. It, how is, you know, if we reflect back on last year, what's the feeling on that? Um, <laughs> it's a good question. I definitely at the start of the year, if you'd asked me in January, February, March, April, if I was going to have the year that I had, I would have told you absolutely no way. I mm. was not in a great like health place. I had um, lots of ongoing like stomach digestive issues that were kind of piling up and essentially resulting in pretty bad chronic fatigue. Mm. Um, but it took quite a while to get to the bottom of them. Um, so, yeah. If you told me at the beginning of the year, I would have definitely wow. yeah. not believed you. I was struggling to get out of bed, let alone cycle wow. two hours. So, uh, you said that was gut issues? It was all gut related? Um, more or less. Basically, it started several years ago, actually, when I had an H. pylori infection from swimming in some sketchy water no way. somewhere in China. Yeah. Oh. And. <laughs> And yeah, it uh, resulted in acute gastritis, a severe course of antibiotics and antacids, and then kind of slow, and then it fixed that, but it kind of resulted in a slow degeneration of my digestive system, which was probably enhanced by racing in the heat, training in the heat, and your body just always being under pressure. Oh my goodness. Wow. And so do you feel like you're on top of that now or is it something you've got to monitor going forward? Um, I still kind of monitor it. There's some, like I took a load of basic tests kind of last year to kind of diagnose it. And there were two different ways of treating it. And I took the more natural way 
rather than more antibiotics, um, which was a much longer course, but is meant mm. to be a more like long and sustainable way of treating it. But yeah, I still have to test for it and stuff and make sure that it's under control. But I can kind of quite quickly tell it affects a lot of my recovery and I get one of the bad symptoms is like really bad acid reflux. So you kind of mm. feel that really quickly. Oh, wow. I should put you in touch with my wife. We, we've gone, <laughs> we were always fairly natural athletes. Um, but since having kids, everything in our house has become even, we're natural for everything. Actually, I yeah, think you, said you don't even have Wi-Fi. What we don't have Wi-Fi that? in the house. We're all hardwired. Um, we recable, we redid all of our wiring. All electrical wiring is all now insulated wiring. We have, um, yeah, we, we've done what we can. We're always about controlling the controllables. We're not freaks about it, but we, we, we control the controllables. And, um, but even when it comes to natural medicine, it's, uh, you know, w- w- you know, when we get sick, which we have with the little kids for sure, but you know, we'll have the onions on our feet and onions around our neck and we'll steam onions. Uh, actually the onion stuff is amazing by the way. I know I'm going off topic here, but it really works. I was quite cynical. Onions are one of the foods that I just didn't eat for months. (laughs) You just didn't eat for months? Well then nothing will survive. Oh my gosh. I've eased back into that life, but yeah. I don't know if onions on my feet would have caused harm though. Apparently it sucks everything out of your body. There you go. There's a woman by the name of Barbara O'Neill. Have you heard of her? Nope. You probably see her on Instagram or something. She's an Australian woman, a little bit older, but um, she spreads a lot of wisdom in all this natural space. But anyway, I digress. Um, I want to go back to 2023. Um, and and, and you, were, you were saying that you were surprised at, at the year you did have because of how it started. But then, yeah. you know, tell me more about this year. Uh, well, last year. Um, last year. Well, this year, meaning the year I'm talking about. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so then I actually started my season with a very underwhelming performance at the Challenge Championship in Samarin, mm. where I complete like, I had an okay swim, an okay bike, and then just had absolutely nothing on the run. Mm. Um, so we kind of went back to basics and nutrition and sorted that out a bit and then kind of played it safe testing the waters uh in challenge cancel mer uh which was lovely because that was the same climb that i'd done in 70.3 worlds in nice so that was uh felt quite quite at home there (laughs) it was a much smaller race and i think i just needed to get back to like not being afraid to push my body and to trust myself kind of. And so I kind of just, I decided that rather than go for all the bigger championship races that, you know, I was being offered, I I was offered like PTO European PTO uh, US. Um, but I decided not to just cause like I wasn't in the right frame of mind for it, I think. Mm. And so I kind of just really enjoyed racing. And, uh, when I was kind of getting confidence back, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll dip my toe in, back into the deep end and did yes a very solid month of racing in august yeah that was impressive with the fourth of the pto asian open and then coming up and getting another podium at 70.3 world championships what was your reaction to that 70.3 world 
championship oh, no. podium. I honestly, I was, I was being hunted down by all the runners. The way, the <laughs> Emma Plant and and yeah. uh, Paula Finley. Yeah, yeah. And, like I was, I'd been told at one point by someone that there'd like been a big that there was a big group behind me on the bike, and I was like, oh great, they were going to get off and be like, because I was riding like solo for sixty k, mm. and I was like, oh great, they were going to get off and be like fresh legged and. <laughs> just passed me as I've like completely self-destructed by completely overblowing it on the bike so I was pretty honestly on that on that run course I don't know if you knew but it was it was actually quite a hard run course like yeah. quite hard long uphills and then some steep downhills and uh yeah I just kind of set off with the notion of enjoy it and have fun with it and I think that's how I approached the whole month of August Mm-hmm. of racing because I also raced in the 70.3 European champs in the first weekend of August. Mm-hmm. I, I, you go on, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, I also raced the 70.3 European championships in the first weekend of August. So it was like, I kind of just went into the whole month, just like I've done a really good block of work mm. in July in the mountains. And I was like, right, let's just see what we have here. And really enjoyed it. Well, even your race at 70.3 Worlds, as much as you had the runners, you, you say the runners, but I mean, you, you still ran a 120 half. Um, yeah, which for me know. is like one of, I think on that course especially is yeah. probably one of my strongest run performances ever. Yeah, there's only a couple of people that went faster than you. And um, Kat Matthews, sure, she might have got you. Where did she get you right towards the end there? Yeah, um, she got me at like 18K or something. It was a bit yeah. Brutal to be honest, but <laughs> but she was the only one to get you, and you know when you're thinking fast, pretty fast as well, which was yeah. well, she ran a one sixteen. I mean, yeah. that, you know when you have Emma Plant Brown and Paula Finley, you've held them off, and Laura Phillip. I mean, they're really some of the greatest runners the sports seen. Um, it was an outstanding race, I, I think. You know, and like you said, coming from the the slower start to sort of having an amazing training block. Um, you know, starting, you know, getting second at, uh, till in the European championships and then fourth at the Asian open and then third at Ironman 70.3 world champs. It's just, it's an incredible block of racing. And then you continued off the year, um, with a couple more wins in a couple more challenge races. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I got uh, COVID and then I did that. <laughs> oh, you got COVID and then you got. <laughs> I got COVID from the world champs. Yeah. I think, oh, I think everyone had it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. At so least it was that. after it, not before it, right? So how, how did you go in the challenge series then? Do they still have the challenge series? Yeah, I came joint second with Els Lissa and a oh, you girl did. From, okay. I did, yeah. We came joint second and then a girl from South Africa won it. Okay. Yeah. No, I was gonna say because you had four challenge wins um and mm-hmm. a second. That, that's a pretty outstanding challenge year. Um yeah. anyway. I think, I think honestly, when you look at that consistency throughout the year, um, even after, you know, a few setbacks, it must give you a fair bit of, um, you know, confidence or self-belief, uh, going into this year. Do do you feel that? Yeah, Yeah. I would. And I'd also say like, I really have learned to just trust the process. I think there are a few things Mm. in my mindset that maybe this off season I've been a bit more relaxed about and really just enjoyed enjoyed the off season and I think considering where I was at like in March last year and where I got to is like if I can just be consistent then that's ultimately 
a game changer. Nice. I agree. Well, let's do this. Let's shift gear a little bit. I want to um, rewind the clock, as I like to say on the show, um, and and take me back to how you first found your passion for the world of tri- triathlon. From what I understand, you, you you did a race and then didn't do a race for a long, long time, and you did a lot of team sports and that kind of thing. So tell me a little bit about that journey for you. Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> I think when we were, like, really young, or like, well, I still have two brothers and obviously we're a bit of a handful. Um, <laughs> as you can imagine, <laughs> we all had a lot of energy. And I think each summer my mum signed us up for some like sports camps in this with the canton of Geneva. Um, one year we did triathlon and I loved it. I was a swimmer at the time. Um, and so I think at the age of like 10 years old, I did a triathlon or something and um really enjoyed it but ultimately at that point I was swimming five times a week and that was my focus and I did some random cross-country races but that was it I did not like the bike at that stage I definitely Mm -hmm. fell off the bike several times anyways (laughs) um I stopped and then I ended up at school where it was much more like team sport focus so I did a lot of a lot more like team sports through my teenage years like netball lacrosse football kind of you name it and I would quite happily play um Mm. and I really enjoyed that side of like having doing a more social sport and playing with a team and I think that was pretty important and informative for me um and I kind of did a bit of swimming here and there but nothing serious like I think I was thrown into a few galas but I don't think I ever trained. Um, and then when I was like 20, 21, I was studying at university in London and playing lacrosse for the team, for the university team and really enjoying it. But it was just kind of like, it's quite hard to play team sports in London just because there are like no pitches and you end up playing at like 8 till 9.30 p.m. and traveling oh, across London to go play. And I was like in my final year of my bachelor's, just didn't have time. Mm. And so I was like, yeah, I need to switch things up a bit here. Like I can't be doing this several times a week. So I started running and I did an internship in Hong Kong and got really like itchy feet whilst I was doing it and needed to move around because I'm not one to sit behind a computer from eight to late, but that's what I was doing. Mm. So I'd like run home or run to work or whatever and kind of got back into running that way. And then when I started back at uni, I was like, right, I'll join the running club. And a couple of the girls were like, oh, why don't you try triathlon? Why don't you try swimming? And because I'd swum as a kid, I quite quickly enjoyed swimming again. And that's kind of how it all began. I love that. And so you did your first triathlon. Were you, did you knock it out of the park? Um. I wouldn't describe it as that, but I enjoyed it. And that's what really mattered. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was a fairly, I mean, from what, from my research, it was a, it was a fairly quick adaptation to yeah, like, sport. Yeah. I've always been exceeding, like very active and, you know, as a kid runner, kid swimmer and then cycling, there's been a lot to learn, but um, yeah, I kind of did a couple races, uh, race races in age grouper for 
three or four years. And then I got my pro license at, after winning my age group at the 70.3 World Champs in Malulabar. Oh, that's I right. Don't what, I don't know what kind of timeline that gives. I think it was like three or four years, but yeah. Yeah, but that was uh, 2016. So you got your pro license back 2016, correct? And yeah. and then so 2017, you got going yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, that's pretty quick. Um, and especially when you're coming into the sport a little bit later. I, I noticed, you know, when I look at a lot of the races you did, you, you did spend a lot of time racing in Asia. Is that your favorite conditions, climate, or for me? Yeah. it's good to live there though it's a nice lifestyle you can have (laughs) it is no so i raced uh i was training so at the time i was being coached by jürgen zach and he has a training Uh, yeah Yeah. and um he has his training group out in phuket so it was Mm -hmm. very easy to yeah race in southeast asia and i think having grown up in hong kong it was very much like i was very comfortable in that those conditions, that climate, that kind of in, environment. Um, mm. And, yeah, so I enjoyed my time there. And then I uh, raced a fair amount in China and uh, when there were loads of 70.3s going on in there and yeah. around that area. And then, yeah, when I kind of – COVID hit and I kind of rethought about everything and I was like, ultimately, if I want to be, like, racing at the top level – I think you have to be consistently racing like the top of the top and mm-hmm. and having access to certain like I don't know like being back in Europe just kind of made sense it was just easier travel was easier I wanted to be yeah. close to my family um yeah it just it was kind of time for it felt like a natural time to leave Southeast Asia and back to base myself I, I love the way you did it I actually think the way um by getting your feet wet in the Southeast Asia market and 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 getting a chance to win early in your career um a lot of athletes will go many many years without winning because you know they're straight into the European circuit yeah. and they're racing easy, there were some strong athletes like Amelia was always Amelia was sponsored by uh team out there so she was always at the same races and emma Pallant yeah. often appeared and yep. there were some strong u.s girls who frequently flew over um but actually one of the other reasons i raced a lot over there was there were lots of really small local races in thailand where you literally rock up and it seems just like a low it was just like a local government race but you could win really decent prize money um nice. like kind of similar to 70.3 money um yeah for uh olympic distance local triathlon so kind of meant that i could also fund myself which was pretty important that's awesome i think that's fantastic and then now you've progressed um basing yourself in europe and and i like the way you've even structured your last year where you're hitting the challenge events but then really focusing on hitting the big championship events when it matters and matters most um, I think that's really cool. When you look at this year and you're mapping out your year for 2024, are you looking at a similar sort of schedule to 2023 or, or what are you thinking? I mean, this between so the no, PTO challenge and Ironman, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I've, gone, I've kind of gone for like a completely the opposite look, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
<laughs> I'm not sure how it's going to, going to work out. But, I mean, if you don't risk it, you never know. Um, but, yeah, I'm kind of getting diving straight in at the deep end and focusing on the PTO races and then the hopefully have enough energy to do the 70.3 worlds at the end of the year. Nice. Good. Yeah. I, I, I think it's great that the PTO just came out with Las Vegas as another race. So um, do we know any more? we got three, right? we got three races on the PTO I'm circuit at the moment. you're aware of. I'll just text Sam after we get off and say, what are they? Um, <laughs> yeah, until they've got contract signed, I get it. Um, yeah. But, you know, going back again, you know, having Asia as your place to sort of get going, really get your career going, did it feel like a professional career right away? Or were you still sort of one foot in, one foot out? Or was it like, no, I'm going to do this and I'm going to give it a really good whack? Um, I don't – I mean, what do you mean by like professional career? Uh, I well, guess I well I mean, were you were yeah. you working on the side or was this your, your full-time career right away? No, or were I, was, you st- I was, yeah, full-time career right away. Um, well, I took like a year of deciding mm. um, and then – yeah went into and then I got my pro license and was like okay I'm gonna do this because also in Asia you get a lot of support from the races with regards to getting to the races accommodation um and such so it kind of it made it doable honestly like if I had become pro and started off my pro career in Europe I don't think I could have financially sustained it no Uh, so that allowed for that and uh, cost of living in Thailand is pretty low for a nice standard of living mm-hmm. um, which was obviously nice and yeah I had a good group so that was always very encouraging and seeing your coach at, like for me at that stage that's what I needed was to have like reassurance and have someone there and looking out for me and yeah that worked for that stage of my life. For sure. I love Jürgen Zach. I mean. <laughs> Definitely has a good story or two. Yeah. Actually, I should get him on the show. I think I raced him back 96 and 97 in, in Europe, but it's been a long, long time. And I know he's, uh, I know Phuket is home to him. I know Chris McCormack was there for quite a while with the, the Tanya Pura set up. Um, and, and the Phuket triathlon for anybody listening, um, what a way to finish up your year. Uh, it's just one of the most beautiful events in the world. If you haven't done it, go check it out as a as a staycation tri trication. Um, but Race-cation. when you look at you, what's that? Racecation. That's what I'm looking for. Thank you. <laughs> Racecation. I was going all over the place. Um, yes, you do stay there, so fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but you've done it right. You've done Phuket a couple of times. Yeah, I've done it. I think like three, maybe four times. Um, it's an amazing race. It's so unique. It's so cool. The like it's like a party race almost yeah um but yeah it's it's quite cool because even though it's non-drafting it's a very interesting distance and like the swim's pretty important because you swim first in the sea and then you have to like run over this what feels huge sandbank into the (laughs) lagoon (laughs) um and then have a second swim which is quite a cool way of setting it up yeah no, it was a, it was an epic race. We did it a couple of times and loved it every single time. L- looking at the the past seven eight years, then and you know, 
we, we've discussed some of the low times and what you've had to deal with. What are the, the highest moments for you? Um, you know, we, we discussed 70.3 worlds last year. Um, but what, what else really stands out to you? You've, you've had some big moments. Um, I'd say like, uh, Nice was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, just cause it was, I think that was really like, I came from pretty much nowhere and mm. no one really, I mean, I'd been, I'd actually had decent results, but they were all Asian based. So no one was really like, my name wasn't really on anyone's radar. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was like a pretty, for me, that was like a standout moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I don't know. I feel like there's been so many, I've, I'm lucky enough to be able to say that there've been some pretty insane moments. Uh, some of them, not all of them race related, I guess, but some of them more just like life and pretty cool things and experiences that I've been able to live through the sport as well and visited some incredible places and spent like substantial amount of time discovering places like uh spend a lot of time in the mountains now in Switzerland and I've the chance to like spend a month or two months there in the summer just like riding in the Swiss Alps and just living this insane life up there which is just unreal to be honest and yeah is that up in St. Moritz where do you go no, no, I'm not going to tell you exactly where I go because I don't want <laughs> to go there. <laughs> oh, it's, it's your little hidden gem. We, I lived and trained yeah. in Switzerland for many years, um, and we 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 spent a lot of time in Les Inn, um, up right above um, yeah. above Aigle. Yes, thank you, Aigle. And um, we used to go down the Montreux Jazz Festival and that whole part of the world. Uh, loved it. It was yeah. it was really cool. Didn't love the running. I actually didn't love the running. I found it was too tough up and down. I had to always go down the valley to run, but, uh, the biking was pretty cool. Um, it was a pretty cool part of the world. Is that yeah. where you grew up? Like, where did you grow up in so Switzerland? I grew up in Geneva, like, okay. the French, yeah. like very near France. And then, but now I'm more in the valley. So if oh, you're the valley in Valley du Jure. No, no, no. That's the Jura. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I only say that because I spent a year there as well. And I was oh, like, oh, the Valley du Jura, that's, that's all I mean. That's a place to train though. In that it area. is. Yeah, right um, on the border there. Yeah. But no, I'm like towards more towards like uh, Zermatt and Andermatt. Mm. But I don't want to give know. anything more away. You don't have to. <laughs> there are only two triathletes in our valley and it's really nice. <laughs> yeah, and you want to keep it a little bit quiet. No, it's a beautiful spot and just quiet. And like last year I was there with Annie Reichman and we just like worked so hard but so well together and it really paid off. I love that. I love those intense camps where you can just put yourself away and get the get the work mm-hmm. done. Who else do you go with? On Have you got a, a partner? You, does your coach travel with you? Um uh, so my boyfriend, he works from home, so we try and make it like tra- travel and yeah, nice. can kind of come to wherever I am. Um, so yeah, we that works really well as well, and is like integral, I think, to the success that I've had over the last couple of years. To be honest, like just that mm. stability, and yeah, he also knows how to talk sense into me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that easy. Um, <laughs> That's great. And yeah, and my coach is is mostly online, to be honest. But I think that's what I kind of like right now, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like being able to live a pretty normal life, like try and finish training by 5, 6 p.m., 5 latest is 
I try as much as possible when the temperatures allow for it and just like you know now is the evening time let's switch off I kind of like that yeah it's your job it's a business and talking about business you have a uh, Ronnie Ronnie Shieldneck being your, your manager is um have you got some good companies alongside you now supporting your your career um yeah I mean I've been with I've been so lucky to have been with Canyon for yeah. since like <laughs> since 20 I mean it was since I raced the 70.3 world champs when they were in Port Elizabeth so I think that's like 2016 to 17 like they've been helping me out um yeah and yeah they're amazing honestly like the bike sport and the material is just it's just the top it's the world class and yeah I think that's also been integral to my success is always having the best equipment um since the very start of my career which very lucky um but has certainly played its part I love that yeah and then other bike like basically just the ideal bike setup ergon uh with my saddle dt swiss schwalbe and i just get on it and i know it's i'm racing the best that i could possibly be racing and that's pretty cool that is cool and is um is ronnie bought on some other sort of out of industry supporters have you got some decent financial backing now you can sort of just focus on the racing um so i was working with hep Mm-hmm. Um, but they've kind of dissipated their triathlon team. I think they've kept one or maybe two athletes on, um, but they decided to go in a different direction. Yeah, um, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I always find it happens after you've had your best year too. Yeah, I actually just it's kind of, like, really? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of disappointing, but it's also yeah. like, you know, you know, these things happen, has yeah. come to an yeah. end and it was really cool racing for them because it, um, really tied in with kind of what I'd studied in my master's. Um, so I'd done my master's was in environmental technology and business. So it was really cool to literally, I always said when I was studying, my tutor was like, oh, like, what do you ideally want to go into? And I was like, uh, not sport, but like, it'd be cool to kind of incorporate it in some way. And I guess representing HEP which was a solar panel and um renewable resources <laughs> investment fund um kind of allowed me to do that and that was to me pretty special um and I hope to be able to like further advocate for environmental well I don't know how you even phrase it these days for me it was more about sustainable living and trying to like everyone do their best to live a sustainable way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what that allowed me so that was very cool yeah that's a really cool partnership it's um yeah it's it is interesting in sport when you know like i i kind of i jest but it's kind of you you have an amazing year and you'll have these sponsors and then suddenly whatever the marketing person leaves or they have a complete change of direction and um you know sponsors they come and go and it's a constant process of uh Finding I, new ones, looking after the ones you got, saying yeah. goodbye to the ones that you thought were going to stay for a long time. <laughs> it can be a true. bit of a struggle, but. Um, yeah. And it's like also quite emotional because you, you, you know, you work alongside these teams for all these people for quite a while. And it's like, oh, it's a real shame that this has to end yeah. because like, yeah, but yeah, it's been, it's been cool. Like with Ergon, we've developed, um, I've been part of their 
development team to develop a woman-specific triathlon saddle. Um, so nice. I think that's coming to about to be production and readily available. So that's pretty cool as well to have been mm. part of a project that's leading to something within a sponsorship yeah. agreement. And I've enjoyed that and that uh, that process and seeing the process of it and being part of it. That's been really cool. That's that's awesome. Well, you're in good hands with Ronnie. Um, I know he's building his business, Iron. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's cool. Yeah, and 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 I know he's got quite a he's got a bit of a stable going now, and I think he he, he was always pretty good the way he looked after himself, and I know he's going to put the other the athletes in front of whatever he did for himself. So it's really cool. Um, but listen, are you you going to you mentioned the PTO and and the seventy point three Ironmans. You have done. Ironman very well with a second at Frankfurt, German Ironman, and a 12th at your first appearance at the Kona Ironman World Champs. Is there an Ironman on the tables or are you focusing on the middle of distance for now? <laughs> there isn't one imminently, but there's definitely one in the future is how I would <laughs> phrase the answer to that. Um, yeah, I've done, I think I've done five Ironman to be honest, but I've never <laughs> done one that I'm pleased with that makes sense oh, um, totally makes sense <laughs> <laughs> i've never managed to conquer that marathon in a way that i yeah. believe i'm capable of and yeah and that's very frustrating um but i also think that this year to do both pto races and ironman and race yeah. consistently and not get sick and not get injured like i just don't I'm just realistic with myself and I don't think that is realistic. Um, But I think I certainly want to be able to do an Ironman and say I smashed that one day, um, which I haven't been able to do yet. Well, there's a lot to take on, right? I mean, when, when you treat the sport as a business, which you are, it's, it's your health and, you know, the physical and mental health of, of it all. It's staying focused and being intentional about the way you you approach uh, different events, and and honestly, when you when you look at the income that you can potentially make in one direction, it's it's as much as there's a you know we'd all love to go win Kona Ironman World Championships. It's also can detract from your livelihood if you don't get it right, and um, yeah. That's yeah. it's, like, yeah. it's kind of like high risk but potentially high reward um mm-hmm. but it's also like when I raced there in 2019 I think I came 12th and there was no prize money over 10th place so I literally just yeah. like was a bit it was a bit like okay I had a decent performance but ultimately that was a very expensive race where I could have raced in Europe and made some like actually been more likely to make some cash but yeah that was also like my first year doing Ironman that was my first Ironman I qualified for in for it and so it's hard like you do it don't you like you want it you never know if you're going to get another chance so I I took that and I like I love the experience and it gives you a taste for it and it definitely (laughs) definitely uh still have the taste for it but you got to get back there and also do it in a way that like I want to do it again and not just do it for the sake of doing it I think that's as you say like be intentional about it and 
I've definitely spread myself too thin some years and I don't want to make that mistake again. Oh, good on you. You've learned a lot. I'm very impressed actually Thank by the you. amount you've learned in such a short span. <laughs> no, seriously. It's one thing um, to have all these experiences and not learn anything, but you've, you've learned a lot. You've put yourself out there and I feel like, uh, you know, you're in your golden thirties now, which is like the prime of your, anybody in this sport it really is the golden years and it's the time to on hitting 30 but thank you no (laughs) not at all I'm a big advocate for you know 30s especially in endurance sports where it's like you know you still have your power and speed and dynamics of your 20s but it combines with this you know aerobic endurance and strength that you get in your 30s and I think that combination makes you lethal um so and, and I think pointing that in the right direction and staying completely focused on, you know, picking a distance so you can really amplify the wattages on the bike, you know, the the, the specific running speed that you need to be running. Um, look, I know the Norwegians seem to be able to go from super sprint to Ironman every second week, but for us mere mortals... They, like, it's not always successful. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got like, a team of scientists behind them. So uh, yeah, just, like, trying to... Um, uh, to do it training like I just yeah it's a lot with the head as well I think but I think it's not realistic to expect one's body to be able to do that no you're doing it right if you not that my opinion matters anything to you but I I truly look at the way you're approaching it and going yeah you're doing it right and and the results are indicating that you know if you look at how you're performing in the certain distances it's like yeah you found your niche and uh what do you think the the PTO distance over the Ironman distance, do you prefer that? Just a tiny bit shorter? Um, I like it because I, like, I think I enjoy the training a bit more as well. Like, the, yeah. I'm, I'd struggle to do like a six hour bike ride now, to be honest. I'd just be yeah. like, I'm a bit bored. That's um, it. <laughs> like, can I get off? Um, yeah. And then I'm not sure it's entirely healthy uh, yeah. to be doing it for like, you know, I, I did my first ones in 2019. I was pretty young and I don't think it was the healthiest thing for my body. And I mm-hmm. definitely want to have another crack at it, but I don't want to spend like 15 years trying to do it. And mm-hmm. so I'm just enjoying this more intensity and scaling the speed. And, you know, I started the sport late, so I feel like I've always got more to learn and always got a lot more speed to get. Like most people lose their speed as they get older, but because I really started when mm-hmm. I was 21 and so easy, like, that's, yeah, I feel like I just have a lot more to develop in that sense. And I, I think my results last year proved that I am still improving. Yeah. Um, so yeah. No, very cool. I'm excited for you. And I think you've got the right head on your shoulders. Um, I want to, uh, just finish up with, uh, what we call the final four questions. Um, first one. What advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Ah, now you're asking how wise I really am. (laughs) 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 How much wisdom I've really collected. Well, um, to be honest, I do know myself as well, and I do know how stubborn I am, and I don't think giving myself as bad as an 18-year-old would have changed anything. So (laughs) I think I just... I think I just I wouldn't listen to myself. I think I just let my 18-year-old self make all the mistakes and learn from them yeah. and then actually yeah. do something about it as opposed to trying to point them in the right direction. 
Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing because even if yeah, I wouldn't listen to me anyway. Uh, very cool. All right, if you have, if you could have dinner with any three people, living or dead, who would that be and why? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Please don't judge me, people. Um, <laughs> so, firstly, I think I would say I would have to go with. I'd go with someone from like a long time ago because there are like loads of questions that I'd really like to know the answer to and that we'd never be able to answer. So I think I'd go with someone like Julius Caesar so that mm. I can ask him all those nice, like interesting historical questions. Cool. That's um, awesome. But I don't know how well we'd be able to communicate really. Um, <laughs> don't you speak about six languages? Hang on. Italian is one of them nor is latin so mm, oh you I'd pick it up <laughs> you speak english what do you speak english french chinese oh, yeah. yeah a bit of german a bit of spanish <laughs> okay go <come> on um, <laughs> that's awesome well enough to get by i wouldn't say like you know, it's definitely conversational at best um yeah. and then i would also, in case I couldn't communicate with Judas Caesar, I'd pick someone more from my time who I could have more of a conversation with, who I wildly look up to, and that would be Taylor Swift. Um, Get out. Really? I love that. That is so good. We see Taylor Swift all the time on TV. I watch football, all the American football. She's always in the stadium now. Oh, yeah, she's, she's more important than the football at this point, isn't she? She is. <laughs> I love it. Such a fan. Um, oh, that's great. And then I think I'd pick someone, I'd either go in one direction, pick someone like who I just can't even try to understand without having like a proper, like being able to ask the questions that I think I want to ask. I'd be like Elon Musk. Like I just think mm. he's such a fascinating, like such a different way of thinking. And yeah, either Elon Musk or like the queen. Hmm. I like both different. of those. You can have I different don't... conversations depending on which one arrives. Yeah, no, I think you, I think uh, between, you, you, you can count me out on Taylor, not to say I don't enjoy some of her music, but I tell you what, the Queen, Elon Musk and Julius Caesar. Could be interesting. That's pretty cool. I mean, look, I, I think Taylor, Taylor Swift to have a bit of a laugh and a bit of, you know, lighthearted banter. No, I, think of she's, I think she's like... <sighs> I'm such a big fan, but like not only of her music, but I also think that business wise, I mean, it's incredible what she's done. And I'd, that's true. That's I'd true. Be interested about yeah. that, not just about being in absolute awe of her, which I also. Oh, that's cool. The entrepreneurial side of business and what she's been able to achieve. Is she a billionaire now? Sorry. Is she a billionaire now? Did yeah, she? Yeah, she's she... like the first uh, female artist who's a billionaire. Wow. Good honor. All right. All right. Next question. Where do you see yourself in the next five years, both uh, professionally and personally? Um, professionally, I hope to still be racing. Uh, that's certainly the goal. Um, and hopefully really enjoying it still because at the moment I love it. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously you have your ups and downs, but that's life. Um, and then personally, like happy, healthy, and yeah in a good place really good. i just want positivity yeah. <laughs> i'm channeling yeah. positivity to my in future five years person <laughs> how many how many world titles do we have in your professional career 
five, uh, five years time. I don't want to count count your what's it count your chickens before. <laughs> no, I'm I'm a big believer of just manifesting the universe. You just put it out about, there. I don't know about that, but yeah. <laughs> How about we go with uh, two middle distance and your first. Iron Man, so you got that'll give you at least three. Well, world I don't titles. know. I'll try hard. Let's put it that way and see what. A couple happens. of world titles. Have, I'm going to predict I, them for you. I do think like professional sport and maybe triathlon in particular. I say that only because it's the one I've got experience with. But I just think it's so like up and down and start and stop. And you like meet. I meet athletes, and they've like they were amazing when they were like under whatever, and then they've had a few quiet years just because of world life mm-hmm. and everything that's come their way um but there's no reason to say that they won't have that again um mm-hmm. and i think that like that is part of sport and learning to accept that and work with that and live with that is it's hard and challenging but that's what you need to succeed like long term but all those downs are what make the highs so special right yeah. it's, 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 what what worked, right? it's what keeps yeah. you fueled yeah it's like the the down times in your career is what really makes those wins and those special moments. Um, actually, I, I, it's funny. I don't mean to bring it back to me, but I will. Um, you know, I, I, I raced professionally like for 27 years. and we were, But honestly, it was probably about half and half good years versus really crappy years. So that's a lot of crappy years if you think about it. It's like 14 years where you're basically on the sideline. You're just like plugging away, doing yeah. the work and like not yeah. getting any reward for it. But that's like minimal that's reward, part of the yeah. risk of sport, right? And especially yeah. in, in the individual sport. But it's like you said, so long as you love it, if your passion is there, you can handle the downtimes. Passion mm-hmm. is everything. Um, it's easy to be excited about the sport when you're winning everything. It's yeah. not easy when you're getting the it's shit kicked true. out of you. You know, and that's, yeah. you know, I have a lot of respect for Lucy Charles Barclay because of that, you know, um, she's one of the few athletes that's, she's been on the show multiple times, but she was one of the few athletes that I've ever reached out to when they were actually down and out and injured that said, yes, they'll come on the show and talk about their injury. You know how hard it is to talk when you're just yeah, it's, feeling miserable. I was like, wow. Like, I always, I always say, and like, it's, I know it's true for myself, but like if someone goes quiet on social media, it's probably because yep. something's not great. Yep, hundred um, so percent. Like being able to go on to a show and talk is like that takes courage, but also confidence to to yeah. know where you are in the world. Yeah, because I couldn't have done it. <laughs> I was the one that went <laughs> quiet for six months. <laughs> Leave me alone! Leave me alone! I'm just sitting in my corner on my own. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's easy to, to talk and post when things are going well, isn't it? Yeah, it is so much easier. Um, all right, la- last one in this big four, and this is not meant to sound morbid. It's more just to get an idea of how you, how you love your life. Um, if you had six months to live, uh, how would you choose to spend them? I mean, that is morbid. Um, but <laughs> I think I would, if I, so I'm assuming that I know that I only have six months to live. I think I would spend it traveling to places that, I haven't been and just like doing the coolest adventures. Like cl- I really love to like climb a really tall mountain um, mm-hmm. and like discover remote places on the world of the, on the earth and like go kayaking around islands that like have barely been touched. I think that's the kind of thing I would like to go do. 
Oh, yes. I'll be your travel guide. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? It would be Sometimes cool. you think, wouldn't it be just cool to do it while you can? Yeah. Right? But then you don't. It's kind of sad, isn't it? I'm like, why don't I just do that for like a couple of weeks here and there and then it never happens and it's it's sad. Well, it's hard. Maybe for I you. will next year. Maybe next off season I'm going to do something completely crazy and off grid. What you're doing is living a very intentional life. And I mean that as a highest compliment and something that most people will never, ever do. And it's not until you retire later in your life, you go, wow, I live with such purpose, with such conviction. And, and it's pretty cool that you do that because I really feel like you're, you're going all in on life right now. Um, the, the Dan Plews put me onto a good book called um, Die With Zero. Have you heard of this book, Die With Zero? No. Zero? And it basically looks at your life and your health and your wealth and when you can afford to do things with your health, you know, optimizing your life at the right times. And that's why he said, you know, he wanted to go do a really good Ironman while he still could because he's 43 and he knows that, you know, in your mid-40s things, <laughs> your health deteriorates. And, uh, change, yeah. and, he, and so he really went for it. He had the discussion with his wife and they went all in so he could break the eight hours and he did a really great performance and so he put me onto this book and it, it's an interesting one you know um how, how your health and wealth will collide and go up and down together and it's like when can you do the things that you need to get done but you know i look at what you're doing and go okay you're doing everything right you're, you're living so, with such intent and my wife did the same you know with her athletic career she really just focused on her career i did the same until we had kids later but um it's very cool I want to um, just finish up with some rapid fire questions. You up for it? Uh, do I have a choice? <laughs> <laughs> you are the first person that's ever asked that. Uh, normally, I'm like, I'm not sure how rapid I'm going to be, but you are not, you don't have a choice. You're on this show and you're going to answer everything I ask of you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, All right, here we go. Ready? Fast twitch fibers. All right. Early bird or night owl? Uh, early bird. Uh, that's a developed one because I used to be an absolute night owl. But yeah, yeah. I think I can kind of adapt to it, whatever I need to be, but it's one or the other and not both. Yeah, chameleon. All right. One place you'd love to travel to, top of your list. Well, but I don't want to tell everyone, then they'll go there. I really want to go to Costa Rica, though. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody's already going there. I know. I wanted to go there like 10 years ago, which is really annoying. Again, I should have gone, but there we are. (laughs) Well, have you got any races in Florida? Maybe after Vegas PTO. Yeah, but everyone's there now. Okay. I I, I really want to go actually somewhere else. No, no, no. It's still still lots of really cool places in Costa Rica. (laughs) All right. Coffee or tea? Coffee. One book you would give to a friend? Do I do like, oh, it, it, oh, you can't answer that. It depends so much on the person. Okay, I'm your friend. Okay, but you seem like I really like 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 stories and stuff. And that's okay. I'm always looking for more audible things. Some I don't like to just do the same books all the time. You know, I do a lot of tech and entrepreneur type books, and sometimes I'm like, I just want to read and escape. I just want to escape. Just. Um. I think it's they brought out a movie, but that that book, um, where the cool dads, what is it? Where the cool dads fly? Where the cool dads live? That's an absolutely incredible book, and 
I definitely like the book is way better than the movie. What's it called? One of the cool where, where the, the cool dads sing. Where the cool dads sing? Where the craw dads. By Delia Owens. Cool. Thanks. I, I ask that question's really for me. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Movie as well, but it's All right, I'm going to go check it out. Thank it's you. It's like very All descriptive right. in the book. It's beautiful. All right. Where the cool dads. Got it. All right. Mountains or beaches? Oh. Oh. Can you have like mountains near the beach? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're the same as I am. Oh, that's great. Um, mountains, probably. Yeah. Mountains for when you're in your career, I kind of found then. Yeah. All right. If you could be the best in any other sport other than triathlon, what sport would it be? The best, maybe like tennis. Yeah. Because I'm like, it's such a different mental game and like such a different sport that I just, it would it'd be really fascinating. Mm. Tennis is almost like, a, we've gotten into it the last few years. It's almost like a boxing ring, but you're not touching each other. Yeah, like it's really it's quite intense. Be boxing, but yeah. Yeah. It's, um, are you watching the Australian Open? I'll be honest with you, I'm not. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how to get it on tv here <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true you're in camp yeah. all right it's going to be over by the time this comes out anyway so don't worry about it your predictions would have been wrong <laughs> the best piece of advice you've ever received this is a bit of a harder question but oh. if you have something on top of mind you feel free to share it otherwise you can just say uh, if it comes to sport probably don't think and if it comes to anything outside of sport probably think about it <laughs> i love it turn off your brain when you're doing the sport yeah. otherwise outside of sport open your brain up to the world oh that's good i think that's i might have to keep that that's really good all right your, your favorite workout Ooh, any sport yeah well whatever you do yeah oh i mean it depends how it goes right <laughs> but um, i like a good like race intensity over under kind of um, yeah. either run or bike those are probably my favorites yeah cool and the two last uh, last two apps you used on your phone oh. or you could even say the most or the last whatever uh, yeah I'm sorry I'm looking at it to tell you uh, <laughs> <laughs> the weather app Oh dear. Okay. It's, because it's such nice weather here and I didn't know what to wear for my bike ride. And it was 20 degrees and it's been like Beautiful. five degrees. So. Beautiful. Um, yeah. And then my timer because I was cooking a quiche. Oh, lovely. Thank Last you. one in the rapid fire questions. The greatest movie of all time. I'm saying this almost for my father, but Gladiator. Oh, Yes. You're awesome. You just went way up in my books and you're already pretty high, but boom. It's a very That's good a, movie. It is a good movie. <laughs> oh, Russell Crowe. Very cool. All right, Imogen, this has been really fantastic. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Um, and just watching your career the last, you know, five, six years. Yes, I watch from afar, but it's um, 
been really impressive. I'm, I can just tell by this conversation that the way you're intentionally going about everything that you're doing in the sport is, um, it's truly exciting to, um, to watch. I am a fan. I'm so glad I was able to have you on the show so we could have this conversation. I'm looking forward to having you back maybe in, I don't know, a year or two and we can celebrate all your, you know, world championships. Well, <laughs> as I said, let's all get ahead of ourselves, but it's been great being on the show and thank you very much for having me and for following me and my little journey. All right. Well, you're welcome and thanks again. For everybody else, you can find all the show notes and timestamps and everything else at bennettendurance.com forward slash media. All right, stay on the line. Mm-hmm.